0: Welcome to the Force Matters Podcast, powered by Motusi. I'm J.D. Romick.
1: And I'm Jonathan Ang. We're here to have disruptive, inclusive, and informative dialogue at the intersection of technology, research, and clinical practice.
0: Our promise? To sort through the BS so you don't have to. Our focus is what matters to your musculoskeletal health. Welcome back, everybody, to the Force Matters Podcast. We are here again with Ryan Boggus, the one and only. HQPT, uh, one of my favorite people, also favorite PTs, but really doing some fun things in the world of PT. And we want to kind of showcase and spotlight his work with some NFL athletes. And he's been to how many Cowboys games this year have you been to already? Uh,
2: both the home games, so two.
0: Okay, okay. Yep. Anyway... Those tickets are expensive. So cool that you going to That,
2: <laughs> I this will some say that whole <laughs> the Cowboys, how they do football, is different than anything I've ever seen before. Oh, I mean, weird. it is it's a religion. It's, it's Texas. Yeah, it is. AT&T Texas Stadium. I mean, that, that stadium is huge. Uh, it the it's weird because where I sit up in the like in the suites, your eye level with the big screen that goes from like the 10 to the 10. And so you're like, I'm sitting here watching the world's (laughs) biggest TV. Like what? I I don't have any reason to look down at the field. It's (laughs) pretty crazy. That's amazing. It's incredible there. That's I've never seen anything like it.
0: So really cool. Um, so we had you and Eric on the podcast kind of, it probably over like a year ago about maybe. Yeah. Um, And we love that podcast. It might even be one of our most listened to podcasts, just the knowledge you guys drop, the energy you have. uh, You were put on blast by our entire motion science team, which is really fun, Uh, but it's just the three of us today. So myself, John, and you, sorry, Eric, we missed you today, but we'll catch up later. Next time, yeah. Um, But I would love to know, and I'm sure some PTs out there, like tell us how you basically got one of the sweetest gigs that every PT would be jealous of is having many NFL athletes on your roster. I mean, you can totally name drop if you want to. We don't, you don't have an, in my opinion, you don't have an ego. You're not one of those guys that's just hanging his hat on being the NFL PT. You see plenty of other folks, but really cool that you get this opportunity. So tell us about it.
2: Yeah. Um, going back, it's funny because people will ask sometimes and sometimes you get students or, you know, people who are like, Oh, I, I think it's really cool. You know, that you get to work with athletes or like, how do I, you know, get to do that. And it's funny because I mean, when I was an undergrad at Oregon state university doing after as an athletic training student, I was like water boy, <laughs> I was carrying water bottles and, you know, showing up, Early and folding towels and making ice packs. I mean, there was nothing glamorous about it. And I mean, even to this day, there's still plenty of stuff that's not glamorous about it, like hauling a treatment table, you know, through a fancy hotel, <laughs> trying not to get kicked out by security, trying to get your treatment gear up to the athlete's room. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, there's so many weird things about it. And, um, you know, I guess going back to, How it all started really takes you through like when i look at it i'm like it's my rolodex of like people that i've interacted with over the years who have been incredibly gracious to like pour into me and then have given me opportunities and being able to take those opportunities and capitalize on them and if you know ultimately it just it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of people investing in you and you, you know, when you find those people going in with them and, and trusting that process to get to the point where you're like, okay, I have something to offer the world here. But the getting to that point is, it's not glamorous, you know? Um, hmm. So I don't know if you want me to expand on any of that. There's plenty of stories along the way, but yeah, it's, it's a process of you have to like actually get good at something to the point where you have something to offer and then you know um, when the opportunities come you take them.
1: Yeah, so. I think you hit on a good point there Ryan like <clears throat> that that insight about how it is it's not as glamorous as everybody thinks it is right I mean the fact that you know that is the case that you are you know you get to haul that treatment table up to either your room or their room and you're treating it. Probably one in the morning sometimes, right? Because they've had to cool down after a game, and then you have to do the tr- like the treatments that that are best, uh, 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 you know, appropriate for them, and uh, at that time. And it's not. People think it's like going and hanging out in the suites, right? But it's those are just like the the, the perks of it. That's actually not you working, you know. Like it's it's uh, and and I think that's kind of a a piece I would love for you to maybe. Um, give, give a window into that world, right? Like um, what is it like when you go down and you have that type of, you know, let's say you're going down for a weekend, right? Like walk us through something like, walk us through something like that.
2: Yeah. So um, I started doing this travel work um, was basically something that Brandon cooks. uh, He's a receiver for the Cowboys at this point. But him and I um, had done an off-season of work together, along with Coach Eric, who you all know. Um, And the season was coming around. And he was kind of like, what do you think it would look like? You know, I don't want to stop this work that we're doing. And I think it would be really valuable. Um, What would that look like, you know, for you to come down? Or I guess at that point, it was out to the New England Patriots. Right, which is a, what, six-hour flight from Portland, (laughs) Oregon? (laughs) Yeah. And so uh, we basically, this is before I had kids. This is when Brittany and I were first married, and obviously things look a lot different now. But um, we kind of landed on this idea of like, well, hey, if you showed up on Friday, um, and different teams do it differently, this is another thing. This is a side note here. But one of the biggest things to piggyback on our first, like the first question you asked is a huge part of the battle or just the expertise that you develop in working with athletes is understanding the nuances and intricacies of things like game schedules, practice schedules, uh, what goes on in a practice, what types of things are they doing on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday versus, you know, Saturday, there's all of these little like subtleties and nuances that you can only pick up on and get down if you're like in it and so my experience going back to athletic training at oregon state you know i was at three years worth of oregon state football practices sure i was carrying water around but i was also picking up on those like subtle nuances of what is a division one pac 12 uh oh rip pac 12 yeah RIP um, Pac-2. <laughs> Back <laughs> to it may work out. Okay. Uh, that's a different podcast, though. Yeah. But um yeah, so just kind of picking up on like the schedule, the intricacies, what does that look like? And then diving into, you know, NFL, what are the differences there? What are the similarities? And so just having that down gives you such a leg up with athletes, because you can talk intelligently. And some of the athletes that will come to me now who I've never met before we can have these like pretty high level conversations about, you know, how we might be fitting things into their schedule only as a byproduct of being around it. And there's probably a a life lesson there, right? Of like just being around and learning by osmosis and just picking up on things is insanely valuable. Um, and so, yeah, anyway, um, we landed on going down on Friday mornings and we would typically if people know me as a clinician i am not a huge proponent of like passive modalities right um i will say probably the context most that i use hands-on work and passive modalities in is during these trips (laughs) probably by a long shot um and when the athletes that I work with, not just like a random athlete who's like, hey, can you help me out with this one thing? It's like people who are doing off-season with, people who we know their nutrition is dialed in, and we know that they are on a sleep program, and we know that they're doing things to take care of their mental wellness and their autonomic nervous system, and we're managing readiness. And you kind of go down – and obviously, training is dialed, and they, you know that they're prepared for – at least to the best of our abilities, prepared for the stresses that they're going to encounter during the season. Um, You know, you kind of go down the checklist and then we land on like, well, hey, this person has time and resources and they genuinely believe in it. And it's something that they feel like is very helpful. And so we do, you know, some hands on treatments Um, and we usually will do some of that on Fridays. We usually go through a like movement prescription or movement prep session um, and it depends too on whether or not this athlete is feeling great. And they're like, man, I feel good. I just want to like keep feeling good through the weekend. There's other times when it's like, Hey, we're in week 10 now and nothing feels good, you know, or Hey, last week I took this hit and you know, my ankle has been bugging me ever since. Um, so it may be something that's really specifically from like an exercise prescription or like a loading protocol that we might be trying to implement, you know, really specific to, you know, an injury that they're dealing with or something that's bothering them all the way up to like, hey, I'm feeling really good and I just want to keep feeling good. I want to feel like I have that um, tension and that um, elasticity and, you know, the power and I want to feel springy. You know, you hear that a lot. Yeah. From athletes, yeah. I want to, I don't feel like yeah. I have that springy feeling or I do yeah. feel like I have that springy feeling and I want to keep that. So that will kind of dictate what we do from an exercise standpoint. Um, Saturdays, usually uh, the NFL athletes will be going in for like a walkthrough or kind of a, um, like a launch for the game plan for what they're doing. So we typically schedule treatments around that. On a personal note, while they're at practice, I try and get a little exercise (laughs) following like long plane flights
1: especially now they have kids, you got to get in then.
2: You got to get it in when you can. My wife actually says that I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go for a run. She's like, yeah, get it in while you're there. So you're not like, yep, Yep. Roger. Um, (laughs) but yeah, so kind of schedule treatments around that, um, Saturday night, uh, NFL athletes for the most part will be in a team hotel. Some teams have options where they can either stay at home or stay in the team hotel. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys setup is really cool. Their practice facility is in Frisco, Texas, at what's called the Star. Mm-hmm. They've got a hotel um, that's real, basically right next door to their practice facility, which is incredible. Um, and they've got kind of this cool little entertainment area there. And Jerry Jones has it all set up with the fans in mind, as as he does. Mm-hmm. Um, And yeah, so um, typically we'll either be at the team hotel, uh, trying to get some work done, just clean up last little thing Saturday night before the game, depending on game times, uh, typically NFL games are going to be, you know, in like a Eastern, like noon, one, three slot, uh, East uh, Central Time Pacific or you're going to have like a weird that like 3 PM kind of midday game. And then you've got Sunday night football. Um, So depending on like playing for the Cowboys is nice because you get a lot of primetime games, right? You're not Mm -hmm. kind of stuck in that noon slot. Um, Other teams that I've been around are kind of like tucked in that noon slot. And so you're trying to hustle in the morning and get things done. And um, I mean, I guess there's pluses and minuses to both, right? Because it gives you a little more time after the game to get things done. But yeah, this last Saturday I was um at one of the athletes I work with. I was at his house until about midnight. Um and then catching a seven o'clock flight the next morning, which means I'm up at, you know, five o'clock trying to get to the mm-hmm. airport. So yeah, it's 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 very it's variable, right? It's kind of like what is this ask ath- off season, you know, you're doing a lot of um anticipating and prepping, and it's you know, so movement based and um, capacity building focus and you're you're making these steps and it's sad to say I mean maybe sad or just maybe true but you know when you're in the in season you have to deal with the, the, the card that you're dealt you know right yeah. in front of you and you're kind of like okay I gotta lean on the research and I have to lean on you know in some ways some just past experiences and expertise to be able to you know help this player get on the field for Sunday
0: and I would imagine that if you do have a player that does get injured, managing so, oh gosh, I guess I have a couple questions off of that. How do you manage the expectations that the NFL has? So this is where I know uh, from family that has either been in the NFL or patients that they really do what they can to get the players on the field ASAP, regardless of tissue healing time, all of that. How do you manage that? And then I'll just start there. We'll just start there.
2: So the nice thing for me, and I have worked in the professional setting for like a team on the organization side, right? Like I did basically two summer internships and athletic training with the San Francisco Giants before going to physical therapy school. I really enjoy being on the private sector side uh, because I don't work for the team and I don't work for the NFL. And my only allegiance and loyalty is to the person that's sitting in front of me. Now, there are times when, you know, the team may be pushing. And and a lot of these athletes, they genuinely want to be out there. You know, like, the thing that I think gets lost sometimes is the adrenaline rush that these guys get from getting out on the field in front of 80,000 fans. And, I mean, it's – you talk about, like, the emotions that are associated with that and the – adrenaline rush that you get. And I have guys that I work with who have played for 10, uh, 12 years. One of my athletes that I work with, I actually asked him recently, I was like, do you still get that like, big like adrenaline hit that like epinephrine rush? And he's like, just the same as the first time, you know, so they kind of, they crave that, you know, and they want to be out there and they want to be competing with their teammates. Um, But there's definitely times when that's not appropriate, right? And it's not appropriate from a, you know, hey, we could make this worse standpoint, or a, hey, let's just think about risk reward. And, you know, we could sacrifice one game here. You got a 17 game season, especially if you're on a team that's thinking about playoffs, you know, it's more than that. Um, You know, you could make a really smart choice and, you know, take this one week and it could keep, you know, the next. 14, 15, 13 weeks, whatever it is, you know, a lot more open for you. When if, you know, right now it might not be the smartest time to go. Sure. You might get through it, Mm -hmm. but you know, what's the cost for, I mean, I think we're four weeks in right now, you know, what's the cost for week five, six, seven, 16, 17, you know? So that's where I think those conversations are so much easier with athletes that I have worked with in the off season, you know, Brandon, for example, I've worked with him for the last seven years, you know, and we've been doing this travel thing. It's hundreds of hours and um, probably thousands at this point that I've spent with him. And so we can have a really collaborative conversation uh, about, you know, Hey, what are you seeing? What are you feeling? You know, maybe it's not that we're concerned about like the structural integrity of this, but, you know, what's your force plate data look like? You know, how are you, are you, um, how do you feel on the field? Do you feel strong cutting, you know, in these positions and um, that, you know, from a performance standpoint plays a big role in decision-making as well. So I don't know I'm if that curious. answers your question, JD, but it that's does. Kind of-
0: and I think, you know, all in PT, depending on the age that you're working with, all athletes want to get back, but you're dealing with those that are getting paid millions to to be in the game. So, you know, everyone deals with it from high school athletes trying to get, you know, back after an ACL tear, or whatever it is. And it's just interesting to hear the highest level, you know, what you have to do there too. It's very similar, you know, what risk versus reward, like what are you missing out on if you potentially push through this right now? What's up, everyone? We uh, wanted to interrupt this amazing Force Matters podcast from a word from our sponsors. Motusi is a technology company It has engineered athletic wear with embedded sensors that are unnoticeable as you exercise. The kit is comfortable to wear and it's washable. As you move, your data is securely captured in a lightweight module and sent to your Motusi app. This is for in-lab and clinical settings. There's also an in-lab kit with strap-on sensors that provide most versatility to um, use across multiple patients. All of this technology quickly and easily assesses patients at each session to set up a baseline and track progress. For more information, head to the website at motusi.com, watch our videos, see how it works, follow us on Instagram at Motusi corp, and see how we're integrating the tech into our day-to-day and changing the field of physical therapy. Now, enjoy the podcast. You had a question, John.
1: I think I forgot it, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it, I think it had to do with, like, you know, how much does the, you know, do you interact with the team that the, the support team that that the athlete has on the organizational side, um, you know, those can be challenging relationships to work with. Um, we all sort of, we all know that, but they can also be fantastic relationships, uh, on the flip side. So, um, maybe share a little insight on, on, you know, that experience for you too.
2: Yeah. I'll keep it real with you here. It's totally variable. Yeah. Um, one name that I feel totally comfortable sharing is Tyler Williams, who is, Uh, very high up on the sports performance and sports science side. Uh, He was with the Rams when I was working with a few of their players. He was with the Vikings at this point. Um, But a situation where it was so collaborative and so there's no ego involved, right? It's like we just – like he's a guy that's like, I just want the best for these guys, and he's incredibly bright, incredibly smart, maybe someone that you might want to have on the podcast someday. All right. but um someone who there was no like guarding of territory and um so it depends right like some teams and organizations have really uh, open and just from like a self-confidence standpoint like the staffs are confident they believe in what they're doing so much that they don't mind you know collaborating with people like eric and i um you know that's not always the case the nfl is a weird world though because this is something that i've had in my head for a while and you kind of like learn it in professional sports but if you boil it down on the team player staff everything aside like it boils down to the idea of self-preservation right everybody's trying to like hold on to their position you know what i mean because yeah. if you're a player and you're not producing, you're gone, you know? Or if you're a player and you're a knucklehead, you're gone, you know? And so, you know, you're trying to reach this level, um, you know, where your position is solidified and cemented. And, you know, when you're in that type of an environment where everything is self-preservation, it can change the way that you think about, you know, as like a clinician and a provider, it can change the way that you think about how you're going to manage, you know, injuries or different situations and things like that. You have so many external pressures. Once again, just going back to one of the reasons I really like being, and I'm just thankful for the blessing of being able to be on the private sector side where I, I have a very clear job. I've, I've got a very clear job is, you know, to help these guys have the best career they can possibly have, you know, on the macro standpoint and on the micro standpoint is, you know, have the best game or the best season that they can possibly have. And that really helps because it it takes, you know, a lot, of, it, it blows the fog away from the, the eyes, you know, you're able to make decisions with a very clear goal in mind. And so yeah, self-preservation um, is a big part of that. You know, you might be thinking like, man, I'd really like to do this, or I think this might be the best thing, but you know, how's the organization going to feel about this? How's the, you know, coaching staff, you know, I want to be more aggressive, but that's not how it's been done. It would be a big, it would shake things up. And maybe I don't want to shake things up because if that, if it doesn't go well, you know, who's that going to come back on? It's me, you know? So there's, there's a lot of that, um, for better or for worse. I'm not even sitting here saying that that's, you know, the worst thing in the world, because in a lot of ways, like pressure does drive innovation, um, and some great, you know ideas and innovations have come out of that, but and you know, there is also times when you can you know find yourself falling back on tradition and what's always been done, even mm-hmm. though it may not have been done in the best way possible, just because you don't want to make waves or just because you know you don't want to have something come back on you. It's much easier to play it safe,
1: but you're hitting on something I think that is is like is sort of a ground truth, right, which is you're talking about this con- this concept of sort of self-preservation, which is you know sort of endemic through professional sports, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but by doing what is best for your role, right? Whether it's the athlete or for the team or whatnot, like that is the path to greatest sort of self-preservation and relevance to an organization or to an like to your role in that spot. So. Um, I, I'm not really sure I have anything other to say other than like that's, uh, I think that's a, that's a personal sort of either flaw or attribute that people will possess because you can't fake this stuff forever, right? Because the more that you aren't doing the right things that your, your likelihood for self-preservation goes plummets right
2: (laughs) yeah it's and once again it's a weird world right there's politics and there's i mean there's a lot of other factors at play which once again from my um the reason i feel so thankful to be in the position that i'm in is because i don't have to deal with those things and a lot of people have said oh man it'd be really cool if you know you just like go work for a team and i'm like i I, don't, uh, <laughs> I i know too much you know I, yeah. i've seen it i know too much and um once again this is not a uh, an affront on any you know team or like the nfl no. in general the nfl gives people some of the most incredible opportunities in the world is it perfect absolutely not
1: so a question i remember what my question was which is, is you know you're talking about feeling poppy and feeling springy uh if we go back to you know brandon you were talking about okay well how are you feeling you know like are you feeling ready or not ready what there's the subjective piece which is how that athlete is internally feeling right and that you can't discount that that is real uh what are you what are you doing whether he knows about it or not that you're objectively monitoring to help inform your decisions
2: it's a good question i i think Uh, If I remember our last conversation, we were kind of down this readiness rabbit hole quite a bit. Um, In the in season, I, you know, I'm not able to necessarily do a lot of testing. Right. Mm -hmm. So we have to rely on some of um, like teams uh, for example, you know, there's like GPS data that they're tracking. So we might be looking at, Hey, you know, um, last practice was a pretty big day. You know, what was your max velocity that you hit? Um, and what percentage of that is, you know, what we hit in terms of off season for a one rep max, you know, and that might give us an idea. Um, those once again, I've, I kind of already said this, but like those conversations are so much easier when it's somebody that, you know, them so well, I'll be honest, John, if it's like, if I show up and, um, somebody's like, oh, Hey, uh, so-and-so that you've never worked with before, you know, the shoulders kind of bugging them. Can you go take a look at it? I don't even have a, we're not even in the same universe in terms of like asking them those, you know, readiness questions. Yeah. There's just not like yeah. any, context. there's no context for me to work. Yeah. yeah, that's right, Jay. There's no context for me to work off of there. But when you start to put the puzzle pieces together with the athletes that you know really well, and I have to I know we've talked a lot about Brandon, um, but I have to give him credit because over the years he has learned so much and we speak such the same language and he brings up things sometimes that I'm like, man, I didn't, I never would have thought of that. You know, like I'm supposed to be the expert here and this guy's bringing up things and I'm like, that's really insightful. That's but insanely it's, helpful.
0: It's also their their craft. Like if their body is not at peak performance, they're not going to get their paycheck. You know, like it, it. the stakes are really high, but also the knowledge and the data that's out there now is so robust. And I would imagine the NFL has a very large budget to, you know, give the athletes whatever assessment, whatever Data or tools on their own recovery as they can. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff out that that they're doing. Um, so that makes sense that you know Brandon would have to pick up on that. Like he has to be
1: ready to go. I think you'd be surprised though of how many professional athletes are not that way.
0: Well, um, they also I, don't have as long careers as Brandon has. True, but I think I think where I'm deal. trying
1: to get at is is that um, Ryan has done like. I think we can't discount the value that he has added to Brandon's oh, for life sure. in his career. When
0: you have a great clinician that actually values science and data and what's going to get them at peak performance, they're going to tune into that as well. So I, I feel like it'd probably be a very symbiotic relationship that way where you guys kind of feed, feed off each other. Yeah, It is
2: a very symbiotic relationship, right? It's, um, there's definitely... Real power and having like an educated athlete who knows themselves insanely well and has, you know, taken on some of the like concepts and principles that you've preached. And even like the things that we might have done seven years ago are different than the things we do now. And just like the growth mindset and, you know, him being able to see like, wow, Ryan has changed his mind on this. Um, cool. And we used to do that. And now, like, probably wasn't the best thing. So now we do it this way and just learning and growing together sounds super cliche but gosh dang if it's not true you know what i mean yeah and that's all of us yeah i like it
0: yeah that's cool so i guess i have a question you know we're we're getting at about the 30 minute mark but i have a question about you know the the private sector you've alluded to and i know we've talked about measuring things and lots of the you know scheduling but if you really want to Fit, like how does someone even go about figuring out a schedule cuz you have your own practice as well you treat other athletes during the week i would imagine you schedule differently during nfl seasons what do you and this, i don't you don't need to be too transparent but like cost like do you charge differently per athlete um do you go off of insurance reimbursement rates and then just total your hours like how do you uh, justify and do you get your flights paid for like how does this even fit into your life as a practicing clinic owning pt dad. dad yeah like husband does your family travel with you sometimes because like i would you know i would imagine that would be so fun to have your family with you but it's also they're very small and it'd be hard
2: <laughs> so are, i get that. these are great questions the um the mechanics of it all right yeah and I actually don't get to talk about this very often, so this could be kind of fun. Um, so there's different times throughout the year. Training camp is a much better time for my tra- my family to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've done trips in the past where you know training camp there's um, just works a little bit better. So my family's come out to Irvine with me for the Rams camp, oh. um, and you know I'll go out and work, and they'll kind of be at the hotel pool or you know do whatever. Um, we've had other times where, you know, some of the athletes that we're closer with, you know, we've gone and stayed in there. They graciously, you know, allowed us to stay in their places. And yeah, definitely, I mean, you guys know with the type of money that's involved, you know, some of these houses and, you know, cars and all the things that come along with that are. Yeah. It's kind of cool. You know, I drive my little rental car in there in these neighborhoods. and I'm getting passed by <laughs> Lamborghinis yeah, and all this. And I'm like, hey, Ryan's here, you know. <laughs> um, but. Yeah. So, uh, there, there've been times for sure, uh, where like I can think of a couple in particular where an athlete's asked me to come out and I'm like, Hey, this is the relationship, right? It's like, Hey, I've been away from my family a lot recently. It'd be a, a big lift for me to leave them behind. Like, would it be okay if they come out? And typically the answer is like, yeah, bring them out. Um, whenever I travel, all the travel expenses are always covered flights, rental car, Um, Everything along those lines. There are times when I do a daily rate, um, which typically, you know, I would kind of calculate out what I would be bringing in on a daily basis in the clinic on a typical day. um, And then maybe add a little bit of opportunity cost on top of that. And that's how I ultimately come up with the daily rate. Um, And then there's also instances where if, if I'm going somewhere where I know I'm going to be working with a lot of players, um, I did a trip out to the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers a while back, and I just kind of was like, did an hourly rate because I knew I was going to be working with you know several players during the day. So I was like, yeah, let's just hourly rate, and I'll just get as many as I can. Um, Cowboys, I typically do an hourly rate because there's several players that I'm well, I don't want to say several. There's a few players I'm working with there. So I can, you know, it it makes sense financially to do it that way. Sometimes if I'm only seeing one player and they know that, um, you know, the amount of hours that we're gonna do is not gonna cover what it's gonna need to, um, and I'm gonna have a lot more downtime, I'll just be like, hey, I gotta do it at a daily rate, and typically people are pretty cool with that. Um, so yeah, it just it has a lot to do with just kind of figuring out how to make it work on the financial side. Um, as far as scheduling and, you know, how things run back here, once again, I've been insanely blessed with an incredible team. I would, um, I mean, having like Danny Deloy, um, she's been with me the longest and she knows the inner workings of HQ incredibly well. Same goes for Jack. And we have a new PT, John, who's able, um, John Lightholt, who's able to take on, um, you know, more clients, if I'm gone, you know, he can kind of pick up some of my schedule. And so it's really a team effort. And I think everybody understands that I'll be honest with you guys. This is not forever. I've got a couple more years in me, to be yeah. honest. Like I didn't yeah. um, cause it's a big lift and you know, the athletes that I work with, they're insanely appreciative. They know that I'm yeah. sacrificing time away from my family. And for the most part, you know, most of these guys know my family, know my kids And, you know, they're very thankful to to Brittany for being such a like she just um, is such a trooper, you know, when it comes to like holding things down and always being supportive. So, yeah, it's 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 really like a group effort, though. Um, The team here at HQ holds it down. Uh, My my wife holds it down. The guys that I'm traveling out to, they are incredibly understanding. And yeah, it's it's just kind of a cool thing to see it all come together.
0: And that's awesome. And I, you know, I appreciate the kind of inside look at everything because of course, anyone can perceive or think this is the sexiest job ever, but there's a lot of work that goes into it. You know, the, the luck component you talked about at the beginning of the the podcast is, you know, this, if you didn't have the preparation, if you didn't do all this like background work, it wasn't like you just stumbled upon this amazing opportunity. and the stars all aligned it's a grind and it takes time and a group and a family and uh, that's really special and what a fun time of life to be doing that you know and have the opportunity to to see a different a way that different people live and and professional athletes live and uh, anyway so we appreciate all the insight and if anyone wants to connect with you what's your instagram if you have multiples you can give us your at and then anything else you want to promote
2: well uh hq underscore pt is our clinic instagram don't bother with my personal because it's just pictures <laughs> of my kid <laughs> i'm not like a big uh I, oh, thank you
0: yeah.
2: um and then uh yeah you can check out our website www.headquarterspt.com um you can like stop by the office and just hang out with us i mean well, it's i think always- it's it's, it's pretty cool here.
1: you guys uh, are growing steadily yeah right it's a very sustainable growth i can just see happening over time uh you're expanding uh that that was something i wanted to get to at some point today too mm-hmm. but I, I i know we're running short on time but um, we can
2: we can go in on it a little bit yeah
1: i don't know i think i think one of the and this is a little bit of itself selfish uh for a question here but why I'm mean, yeah. i'm gonna ask it i'm sure somebody else would be interested to know right is, is how do you really, how do you identify good uh, PTs that you want to work with, right? That you want to bring onto the team, right? I think there's a really big, I've struggled with it in my own practice. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm curious to well, see um, what you're, uh, it's okay, you're either getting a text or a call, one or the other. We're
2: good, we're good. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, I just, you know, things that you've learned over the years, you know, probably from some failures, probably from some successes, mm-hmm. you know, that um how do you filter, filter through?
2: Um, a couple things. Uh the people that I've seen be successful within our model, you know, we're an outer network practice. And so we take the notion that people are going to pay their money out of pocket. To come see us, we have to be providing something that's outside of the norm, um, and that's from a like an expertise standpoint, um, like a science-based standpoint, but also from like a customer experience standpoint and a relationship standpoint. And so much of what we do, um, in terms of like me being able to put food on my family's table, is just developing great relationships with people and doing a really, really good job in physical therapy and going above and beyond what people's preconceived notions of what physical therapy is and so i know that the people that come into the hq ecosystem have to be that type of person and so a very dynamic personality one of the biggest things that i think of when i'm talking to people is you know what the uh, camping trip test you know (laughs) can i go (laughs) could I go camping with this person, you know, for three, four days? And by the end of it, am I going to want to like, never see them again? Or are we going to be, you know, good buddies and and really appreciating each other and have a lot of mutual respect for one another. And I've talked to, you know, people and interviewed people that they might be really, really good PTs, like from a skill standpoint, like maybe better than me, but, um, you know, they don't have the, um, I hate to say soft skills, but like just the, the social awareness and the fun component and, and entertainment. And like we had it just so happened, I'm here in our Milwaukee office today and, um, Danny's coming back from maternity leave, which we're so excited about. And she came in and it's like, you get the family back together and like, Aww. we're so excited to see Danny, um, And it's just like this really cool personality wise ecosystem that we all play off each other. And if I get the sense that somebody's gonna throw a wrench into that ecosystem from a personality standpoint, that's a pretty big red flag. Uh, The next thing that I would say is that if people are true believers in what we're doing and if they're genuinely excited and genuinely a fan of HQ, that's another big one. Like if they, if i can hear it in their voice and see that spark in their eye of like excitement at the pro prospect of being able to you know come in um like i'll i'll say this about and john i know you pretty well but i know jd really well jd is that type of person where like just the energy and the spark in the eye and like the like always just like that. No, it's true. But
1: I didn't pay him to say this, by the way. No, it's, it's true. true. Why do you Why do you think I Why do you think I sought you out to come join Motusi? I mean,
2: but like the Jade, right, John? Like the yeah. J.D.'s are the type of people that you want, where they're like excited to be there. Every day is an adventure. There's always something new to tackle. Along the same lines, people that bring you know solutions, not problems. Like you, you put something out there, and they're like, "Oh yeah, well I can do this and this and this." Rather than, "Well, no, we can't do that because of this, this, and this." And you're like hey we're a small business we we got to get things done and uh, so there's that i was going to say one more thing too oh what was it i it may I, it may as, come as back to thinking
1: me about it i do resonate very well with that that thought about it's the clinical skills are just they're the they're just like the bare minimum
2: that's what mm-hmm. that's right? exactly like, right
1: yeah
0: let train those up like yeah there mm-hmm. there are ways that you know, you have a good base knowledge, and if you're adaptable, not if you're like falling into every single Con Ed course and falling for whatever people are believing. Anyway, they're, mm-hmm. they're teachable skills. And if they're your brand of person, then I think that can be overcome for sure.
2: I remember what I was going to say. Perfect. Uh, sometimes people that have had, and this is not, trust me, and not a diss on like, insurance care there are clinics that do insurance that do an incredible job and we have to have both you cannot have just out of network Mm -hmm. practices right totally totally agree yeah you guys know where my heart is with that yeah um but there are some pretty rough uh clinics out there maybe even cash-based and um insurance-based you know like the mill model and clinicians get burned out it's a fact and it just is what it is um people that have had those experiences where they're like, okay, I've seen how rough it can be out there in the streets and they get (laughs) a little street smart and they're like, wow, this is different. This could be cool. And so it's almost like, you know, you, uh, people that have, yeah, they're a little street smart. They're a little wise to like, you know, Hey, this is a pretty cool opportunity to do things a different way. And they get into it and they, and then they don't want to lose it. You know, they're like, yeah, we, we can keep building this thing. And I, I, we're, we're kind of all in it together, right. We're building it and growing it. And, you know, they see the opportunity where it's like, yeah, I don't want to go back to, to what I was doing. Right. So let's all be in this together. So. Right.
1: Yeah. I get it. I, so well, sorry, one last question. I know we're getting close on time, but I, um, it, not to make everything about dollars and cents, but, I got to imagine or, you know, shed some light on is there a financial incentive as well for for them to grind, right? Like, because that's mm-hmm. one of the biggest things that we see when you are grinding in one of those traditional insurance based clinics is like, what's the financial incentive for me to see this other next person or uh, change my schedule or blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Like, How do you, how, the mechanics of that for you if, you know, if and what you're willing to share?
2: Yeah, so I will share some. Yeah, that's fair. Um, we have a couple different tiers. Uh, three. Um, one is uh, tier one is strictly performance based until you reach a certain threshold uh, over a certain period of time of like patients per week. Oh, okay. Um, and then you can graduate to a second tier, which is a base salary plus essentially commission. And then a third tier uh, would have financial incentive in terms of like you have skin in the game with um, profit sharing. Got it. So, yeah, there's basically three three different tiers there. And all of those tiers are um, performance incentivized, right? Got it. And there's some people that thrive with that. Um, yep. But I'll also say, John, like, the people that want to come into HQ are going to self-select in yep. terms of, like, they're going to – it's going to be a self-selection process of, like, yeah, I'm up for that. I feel like I have the – you know, skills and the network, and you know, feel like I'm I'm ready for that. Um, and the people that that aren't that you know want to show up, um, get get their schedule handed to them, boom, good to go. Yeah, it's just two it's two different models. Um, but yeah, yeah, we we have a, a heavy emphasis on um on. Performance well, here's based, yeah. yeah, performance based, but our PTs also set their own schedule so they can work as much or as little as they want. Right. Um, they can take time off whenever they want. Yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome. That's, that's
1: super helpful. I mean, like I, know you shared a lot with uh, sharing a ton with like the specifics, but that's yeah. I think that's very helpful for 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 listeners. Yeah. Of course.
2: I'm glad super, I can glad I yeah. can share.
0: We appreciate the transparency because I do think there's a lot of PTs out there that you know, if they've been in the game or the grind, you know, they've developed these street smarts and maybe they want uh, really to specialize or to to pave their own way. And, you know, sometimes seeing other people do it gives them confidence. And uh, you're definitely one of those uh, leaders in the field that I think people will uh, love learning from. So
2: thank you. We I'll say one more time. thing real quick. Go for it. Whenever, when, when HQPT started, uh, Curtis Dodson and I started uh, HQPT back um, – you know, like what, oh gosh, 18 years ago, right? No, it wasn't 18. Oh gosh, this is a bad look for me. I promise I know when I started my You're not supposed
0: to do math in public. Like that's like a hard rule for me. I'm like, okay, don't try to do fast math in public.
2: It was like like five years ago, right? That's when my son was born. Yeah. And so from the very start, we were like HQ, because we had come, you know, we were like, we want to do something different hq had if we were ever going to have employees because at the time it was the two of us treating people out of a broom closet in a crossfit gym and we were like if we ever have employees it has to be as good for the employees as it is for the patients like it would be our responsibility to take as much care of the employees as we take care of the patients because that's i mean the the business has both sides right yeah and so um sorry about that um so yeah that was a huge like i would say if you had somebody who's just a business person come in and look at the business you know and like take the take the hood up they'd be like you know you could probably like tweak some things and make things better profit wise here and there yeah and do this and that and i'm like i honestly don't care like i do i promise you i care about making money and like supporting my family and doing what i need to do but um i will not do that at the expense of taking advantage of the amazing people that you know yeah. work for hq because they they're in the same boat as me right they need to take care of their families and do all that yeah. so yeah that was just a big um a big thing that we always set out to do and it's it's not always easy there's always you know new challenges and things to figure out but that's yeah. also the fun stuff too
0: it is true and, and a lot of people thrive in it and some people just want to find a great place to work and Get after it, and there's nothing wrong with that either. You know, whatever whatever side of the coin you like, I mean, go for it and explore until you figure it out. But that's great, great advice. And um,
1: thanks for being leadership. a you know, I think leader is a good word, but also just a, a like a role model, right for our for our profession, right? To show that there is there is there are multiple ways to do a profession and you you demonstrate you demonstrate one way and um, to also provide also the opportunities for others to pursue that 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 type of um, yeah. you know that type of role too so um, good Thank
2: on you Thank you John that it's means amazing. a lot I really appreciate it I really appreciate it it's yeah it's fun I enjoy it Yeah
1: man I mean I I got to know you pretty well when you were a student and that was yeah. rad and to see what you're off and up doing now is it's it's dope
2: yeah, I, man, I still to this day do things that I learned when I was in there with you. So, yeah, I, I, it's been a long road, but it's good. Yeah. Oh
0: gosh, well, right. you amazing. You've got a patient coming in and, yep. uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll link you in our, uh, show notes and people can find you, follow you and, uh, DM you all the questions that we didn't ask, but
2: yeah. That all sounds great. Thank you. Good luck this season. Good luck this season, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have a great one.
1: You've been listening to the Force Matters podcast. We appreciate you tuning in and really want to hear from you.
0: Visit us at our website at motusi.com. Our new Instagram handle is at Force Matters podcast. DM us there. Participate in our Force Matters mailbag segments and just keep following along. Until our next one, keep moving.